We are going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 today, probably the number one way for you to follow along with us if you're joining on our online campus is to download our Movement Church app. Um, Of course, we have team members that are in all of our chats. I want to remind you that at the end of this service that we are going to have our virtual courtyard. The link to that virtual courtyard will be in the chat at the end of the service for you to go ahead and click and you can jump right in. And that's going to be an amazing time. You can discuss uh, life in general, or you're going to be able to jump in and have some conversation, even about the message that we are going to be sharing with one another today. You can also find on the Movement Church app all of the sermon notes and scriptures that we're going to be going through today. So that is probably one of the biggest, most advantageous things you can do is download that app right now, and you can go to it, and you can just pick up on what we are going to be speaking about today. Now today, we're going to be continuing. Last week, I started a series called Best Year Ever. And yes, 2020 is the best year ever. And I said 2020 is the best year ever to remember. You're going to want to go back on YouTube and you want to catch that sermon. That way, if if you feel like you missed anything, you can get caught up. And today we're going to be continuing. We're going to be talking about how 2020 is the best year ever. Today we're going to talk about how it's the best year ever to reconcile. And I know that maybe like myself, you have been struggling to reconcile all the things that are going on in this last year. And there's so many areas of our lives that we feel unsettled or we feel like are unreconciled. But very specifically, what I'm going to be talking about today is it being the best year ever to be reconciled in our relationships. First and foremost, in our relationship with God and then in our relationship with one another. And let's jump in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. The writer of this book, his name is Paul, and he's writing this to the people of Corinth, hence the name Corinthians, and he says this in verse 18, and all of this is a gift from God. What is all of this? In the previous verses in this chapter of chapter 5, Paul is telling the Corinthian church how much of a gift God has given us that we can live a transformed life as brand new creations, that we don't have to live in our old ways. We can live in our new life. We don't have to live with our own mindset. We can live with a new mindset. We don't have to live in our old broken relationship with God, our own old broken relationships with each other in society, that we can live in new reality relationship through reconciliation. And so he says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message or ministry of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. There are three things that we're going to talk about today, very briefly. Number one, reconciliation is a first thing. Number two, 
Reconciliation is a friendship thing. And number three, reconciliation is a forgiveness thing. In 2 Corinthians, right in the very beginning, in 5.18, he, he says, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him, to bring them into this transformative relationship, to bring them into this place of living a new life. He's given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So what does this word reconcile mean? I'm going to be defining this throughout this quick message today. Number one, I want to tell you that reconcile in this case means to be restored to the favor of God. To receive one into favor, to exchange one thing for another means to be transformed. What this means is, is in being restored to the favor of God, that first, God reconciled us and him and our relationship. And second, he left this in our hands. He left this act of reconciliation in our hands to take him up on the offer of transformation. Jesus Christ who we're celebrating this month, born alone in a manger. Seemingly small, insignificant gift of this little baby when the world was looking for a king to come back and revolutionize society. Jesus Christ has reconciled our relationship between us and the Father. Even while we were still in opposition, even today, when maybe areas of your life or maybe the entirety of your life stands in opposition of what it is that God really has for you, he's reconciled that relationship first. And now he has left it in your hands to take him up on this amazing offer of transformation in Romans 5.10, it says, For since our friendship with God was restored, or the word means reconciled. For since our friendship with God was reconciled by the death of his son, while we were yet still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. God has transformed our relationship through his son, Jesus Christ, between humanity and himself, through reconciliation. And what that tells me is that reconciliation leads to transformation. Reconciliation leads to transformation. Living a reconciled life. It's a first thing. It means that first and foremost, life begins when we live reconciled with God. 2020 is the best year ever, family. In fact, the best year that I could ever remember in the history of my life to live reconciled to God first. Number two, reconciliation is a friendship thing. Paul goes on to say in Corinthians that God gave us this amazing ministry. He says this wonderful ministry, this wonderful message of reconciliation. And that now we're his ambassadors is what it says. Ambassadors that God is making his appeal to all of humanity through to say, come back to me. That God is making this appeal through our lives. 
as we walk into, as we step into what we're called to, if you're a follower of Jesus, we are called to be a reconciled first friend to the people that are around us. Why? Because God was a reconciled friend first to us. Matthew 5, 23 says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. This word reconcile takes us and gives us a different facet of understanding of what reconciliation means. This word, it's telling us that we need to reconcile, we need to renew, or the word is transform the friendship with that person. To renew or transform the friendship with that person. To reconcile. See, living as a reconciled first friend is how God makes his appeal through us that we need to come back. That the friend that you're reconciling with first, what you're saying to them is, I'm showing you the hands, I'm showing you the heart, I'm showing you the face of a reconcile first friend. His name is God. You're seeing God's appeal through my life that the best thing I can do is live reconciled to you. And reconciliation I want us to remember it begins in sometimes seemingly small and insignificant seeds. Who would have thought in all of history when society at the time that Jesus Christ was born, thousands of years ago, society was under pressure. They were living in uncertainty. They were coming undone. And God moved in something that was so unexpected by sending a seemingly small seed into humanity in the form of a baby. But something powerful happens when you sow a seemingly small, insignificant seed that is actually so significant and it grows to have so much profound purpose. And bring transformation. The power of reconciliation. The power of the appeal. To return to God. As we return to each other. And I want to tell you that reconciliation, it changes people. And reconciled people reconcile with people. Transformed people are transformative to people. Reconciliation changes people. Let's remember this, family, that reconciliation is what changes people. It's not reprimanding people. I don't think the people in my life need a lecture from me on what they're doing wrong. They don't need me to laundry list them on the things that they do that are offensive. They need me to simply be a reconciled first friend. 2020 is the best year ever that I can think of for us to reconcile 
with our family, with our friends, with those that are around us. And third, and lastly, reconciliation is a forgiveness thing. As Paul goes on to describe, he says, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. That God, he took Jesus and Jesus willingly went to go to the cross, to be born as a baby, to be a small seed in society, to be able to ultimately one day go to the cross as an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ is what Paul says. God forgives us through this powerful act of reconciliation. God reconciled humanity by forgiving the offense of sin through the offering of his son, Jesus Christ. I love the way in the Old Testament, in the book named Ezekiel, Ezekiel the prophet, he God gives him this picture of something that was going to transpire in the future by recounting what needed to happen in the present. Follow me and what he says. He says, this is what the sovereign Lord says in Ezekiel 45 verse 18. An early spring on the first day of each new year, sacrifice a young bull with no defects to purify the temple. The priest will take blood from this sin offering and put it on the doors, the doorposts of the temple. That this picture that Ezekiel is giving us is that Jesus Christ, the ultimate priest, would take his own blood, his own sacrifice as the final offering and put it on the doorposts of our hearts, so the doorposts of our lives, as we now are the living temple that God lives in and dwells in, that the Holy Spirit finds home in. He says that the priest will take this blood from the sin offering and not only put it on the doorposts of the temple, but on the four corners of the upper ledge of the altar and the gateposts at the entrance of the inner courtyard. And he says, do this also on the seventh day of the new year for anyone who has sinned through error or ignorance. Not for some, but for anyone. This open invitation that we have been given and he goes on to say that you will purify. That word purify means to reconcile the temple. And what is the temple? It's the house. That Ezekiel is giving us this picture of Jesus Christ's blood reconciling the house or the temple. Reconciling our hearts. This word reconcile in this case means to cover over. Follow this. It means to cover over. It means to overspread with like a salve or something to seal the holes, the breach. It means to pardon. To be merciful, it means to cancel, to cleanse. It means to forgive. Literally, reconciliation cancels, covers, and cleanses 
rather than counts our sin against us. God no longer counts our sin against us. God, in fact, was the originator of cancel culture, except God, in his very, very miraculous way, in his wonderful way, in originating this cancel culture, where in our society, cancel culture culture says, you have made a mistake, so you need to be held accountable. You need to be driven as far away as possible. We will never be able to forgive you for this. God says, my cancel culture actually covers. It cleanses. It's merciful. It says that it forgives. God's love in this case fuels a cancel culture which forgives and cancels our sin. In Romans 5.8, there's no better depiction that I see than this, but that God showed his great love for us by doing what? By sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. While, while we were in the midst, while we today are in the midst of still sinning, committing these offenses, reconciliation lies in wait like that gift sitting wrapped perfectly and beautifully underneath the tree on Christmas morning. Reconciliation has been gift-wrapped and given to us. 1 Peter 4, 7 says, the end of the world is coming soon, and perhaps 2020 has felt like that to you. I want to reassure you, we're always moving toward an end. But tomorrow is not the end. I believe God still has work for us to do. And I think the work that we have to do is summed up in this passage. It says, therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love does what? Covers. Reconciliation covers. Forgiveness covers. And what does forgiveness look like? It looks like love. And love covers a multitude of sins. Love cancels the multitude of sins. Love cleanses the multitude of sins. Love is the voice of forgiveness reconciling what has been lost. And family Lots has potentially been lost relationally in 2020. And I want to tell you that only God's loving forgiveness can reconcile those offenses. God's loving forgiveness is the only thing that can reconcile our differences. In Ephesians 2.16, it says, Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. Together as one body tells me 
we're in this together. One humanity. One God. One Savior. One hope. One healer. One power that can transform everything that the enemy has tried to steal in 2020. Everything that we think that's been lost can be reconciled through forgiveness. And ultimately, hostility toward each other will be put to death. See, 2020 is the best year ever for us to reconcile with forgiveness. Now, there's a couple things that I want to draw our attention to as we wrap up. Number one, I want to put this into practice. So I want us to spend some time and evaluate. And there's really two main parts. We're going to evaluate and we're going to activate. I'm a real fan of these things. Let's reflect and evaluate. Let's pray. Let's spend time with God. We need to get God's insight into what's going on. I see clearly what's going on, but I need to see clearly what God sees as it pertains to what's going on. So we're going to spend time with God praying. Number one, we're simply going to ask God, please show me how I need to first be reconciled to my relationship with you in a deeper way. Perhaps you don't have a relationship with, at all with God. And you need to start there because reconciliation is a first thing. And maybe you have a relationship with God, but there's areas of your heart that you've really fallen into some tension or that are left undone or you're uncertain as it pertains to your relationship with God. And God wants you to deal with that first between you and him. And so I would encourage you to do that. Number two, we're going to evaluate and we're going to pray and ask God, would you please show me who I need to be a reconciled first friend with today, right now, without hesitation. But let's activate this. Let's, let's take it a step further. I would ask you, to write out one area that you need to be reconciled with God. What, whatever it was that you feel like God showed you, write it out. Commit to looking at that area. Commit to giving it over. Commit to receiving the reconciliation that God has already gift-wrapped for you and left underneath the tree of his life. And number two, write out one way that you can be a reconciled first friend with those around you, one way. Don't discount something that might seem small or insignificant, but sow the seed. Let it grow. Just like the voice of a small baby being born alone in a manger who would be the king of all kings and ultimately reconcile humanity to himself. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being a reconciled first God, a reconciled friend God, and a reconciled forgiveness God. 
Lord, for those of us right now who are struggling with relationships that are around us, let us first and foremost come into relationship with you in a reconciled manner. And out of that place of just what you do, the transformation that happens as we're reconciled to you, let us be reconciliation to the people around us, drawing people back to you, showing them the face and the hands and the heart of a, of a marvelous God who sent his son first, even when we stood in opposition, even today, if we stand in opposition, the gift is still available. Lord, we thank you that you've given us the forgiveness, the power of forgiveness that is fueled by the voice of love. And let us utilize this power of love to cover, to cancel, that we would take back the original idea of cancel culture. And we would cancel and cover and be part of the cleansing power of what it is that you do in our lives through reconciliation. We thank you in Jesus' powerful name. Everyone said amen and amen. Church family, be sure right now to jump into our virtual courtyard. The link you can find right now in the chat right below where you're watching. You can click that link, jump in. We have team members who are there fresh and ready to have conversation with you. You join with the rest of your family. We pray that you have an amazing week. We look forward to seeing you next week. In Jesus' powerful name, turn to somebody and say, so be it, amen.